here. And it looks like we're recording. Okay. <clears throat> it's going to take 10 seconds and then start. Okay, whenever you're ready. Good day and welcome to another edition of our podcast, the Disciple Bible Study. I'm going to start it again. Discipleship <laughs> Bible Study wow. Group. <laughs> discipleship. You got to get discipleship out there. The rest of it will flow out. <laughs> All right, we'll do another 10 seconds. Good day and welcome to another edition of our Discipleship Bible Study Group podcast, where each week we talk about Christianity and with a touch of science and technology, all in the goal of trying to be the uh, best Christians we can be. And looking through that lens, we explore different topics in the Bible. And today we're going to discuss a very interesting one, uh, one that uh, we've discussed before, but I think it'll be a little bit more detailed this time. Uh, we're, we're talking about the revelations and the end of days, especially with this sick, the signs that are coming before us. So uh, with that said, I'm Brother Rob, and please welcome Brother Fred. Hi, Brother Fred. Hello, hello, hello out there. How's everybody doing today? And today, the lesson is definitely one that I think that everyone's going to um, enjoy. And uh, just to let you know, this will be the first of a series on this topic that we'll be discussing. So not only will we be uh, exploring it today, but our future podcasts as well. So please stay tuned for the additional series that will follow this particular episode today. And with that said, uh, Brother Fred, why don't you explain a little bit more about our topic today? Well, our topic today, and we're going to break it into three parts. And I know a lot of uh, pastors out there and Bible scholars and prophets are all uh, spending a lot of time, as they should, talking about the uh, tribulation, the Daniel's timeline, the great tribulation of God pouring out his wrath on this planet. But one of the things I really love and admire about what they're doing not only are they talking about what's going to happen during uh, Daniel's timeline, the Great Tribulation, most of them are focusing on what's going to happen before. And I think it's the before that is more uh, important and prevalent for mankind today because, you know, it's simply stated in the Bible that this hour of wrath was not appointed to God's people. So if more of us are God's people, then we don't have to worry about talking and worrying and preparing, right, for what's going to happen during the tribulation period. We should simply not want to be here by aligning ourselves with God and what he wants of us. And that's a very simple thing to do. So we're going to break it into three parts. The first one, and this is one of my all-time favorite ones to talk about because it was simply amazing. And I saw it coming to fruition with my own eyes and I actually, I was awake at, you know, <laughs> 3 a.m. in the morning to actually see it occur on an app because I wasn't in Israel where it rose up over Israel uh, on that day. But I saw the Revelation 12 sign. So, listener, what do you think the Revelation 12 sign is? 
They huh. probably have no idea. They have, probably have no <laughs> yeah, idea. <laughs> Which is why this will be a great episode today. Yeah. So I'm going to go right into Revelation 12. Revelation 12.1 says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And then it goes on from there, uh, talking about the woman giving birth and the red dragon tried to come and snatch the child away, but I'm not going to go that far into it. I'm going to stop there. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Okay, that actually, that sign actually did occur in heaven. So let's give a definition of what heaven is. Heaven can be broken down into three parts. You, you know what they are, Brother Rob? The three heavens? Uh, we've discussed it before, but I can't say I remembered exactly the distinction between them. I know the first heaven, I, I believe, is what we're experiencing here on Earth. Right. Um, the second heaven, I believe, is where the angels live. Then the third heaven is where God and Jesus dwell. Wow. Get that man uh, uh, the brass oh, ring. Okay, there you That's go. Right. Pretty good. I guess I'm paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Genesis 2 1 said, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all of the host of them. First heaven. First heaven is the atmosphere around the earth, listeners. That's the atmosphere. So basically, atmosphere also includes terra firma, the earth itself. So the whole earth mainly the atmosphere of our earth, is considered first heaven. Genesis 7:11 even points to that. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the seventh day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. They're talking about the great flood. So the great flood occurred from the waters pouring from uh, first heaven, which was the clouds. So the atmosphere and the earth, because not only did it rain down on Noah, but the water also came from the fountains of the great deep. So it was water coming from two different directions. That is first heaven. First heaven is our planet earth. So brother Rob gave a good description of what second heaven is. Second heaven is commonly referred to as outer space and i know some people will go wait a minute i remember hearing outer space in the bible what are you talking about there brother fred well in exodus 32 13 it says remember abraham isaac and israel thy servants to whom thou swearest by thy own self and saidest unto them i will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto you your seed, and thine shall inherit it forever. Stars of heaven. So the stars out of space is second heaven. Because he wasn't talking about first heaven, the earth, or he wouldn't have said stars. There's no stars on uh, the earth itself. The stars are in, in the night sky in outer space. So that's second heaven. And third heaven is where God's throne is located. It is where we are going to go 
to meet up with uh, Jesus, our Heavenly Father, when the great day occurs, okay? When the, when the rapture occurs, the hapaso, rapturo. And I'm going to talk about that more in one of our other lessons in this series. Um, 1 Kings 8.27 says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven in the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house which I have built. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12.2 says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, such a one caught up to the third heaven. That's 2 Corinthians 12.2. So throughout the history of mankind, Listener, God has been unfolding his plan and teaching us um, that in, a, in the last days of man, and I do believe we are in the last days, and we're going to talk about why we believe this, that things generated in third heaven where God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ resides are preparing the bride, which is the church, for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here on this earth. So the things that, are man that God is doing in heaven is being manifested in second heaven and on first heaven here on this earth. The Revelation 12 sign was one of those things. So, Brother Rob, why do you think, because if you, if you go back, and let's go back and read it one more time. Revelation 12, 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now, before you answer, Brother Rob, that sounds very poetic to me. That sounds like that should belong in Psalms, not in Revelations. Because remember what Revelations is, listener. Revelations, to continue to term Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation is all about talking about the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So why have this poetic <laughs> scripture and words in the middle of this great period of warning of great and powerful, some of it dangerous things to come? So why, why do you think the Revelation 12 sign is, is here, Brother Rob? Well, I think the Bible uses, and not just in Revelations, but throughout, the Bible they use a lot of metaphors to translate the major concept that they're trying to uh, communicate to the reader. So I think by using that imagery, it gives us a sense of what is taking place in a way that we can wrap our heads around it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, there's a lot of symbolism in what, you know, is there. So it was kind of interesting. You know, I wonder if the 12 refers to like 12 tribes of, you know, you know, that we talk about in the, you know, the Old Testament or, you know, it's just, there's so many, there's so much there. So, uh, but to me, that's why I think this is written in that way. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. How would you, how would you view it? What do you think the uh, purpose was, you know, from the writer revelations and writing it in that way? Well, the, the alignment, if you look at the number mm -hmm. of things that were aligned, you're looking at um, 12, uh, the crown on her head had 12 stars in it. 
right. Revelation 12 sign, that's a 12 right there. And chapter, right. chapter one. Um, there's a lot of amazing reasons, but it, God never does thing, things on a solo linear fashion. Every move that God makes on his chessboard of life uh, to benefit his kingdom, to bring us back home to him, to get our attention, to give us hope, all of the above. He does it. He has probably hundreds of reasons why he does anything. And the Revelation 12 sign is one of those multifaceted uh, symbols that God put out there to not only warn us, but to celebrate a victory. We're going to go over that in a few minutes, what that is. And to give us hope. Give who hope? The church. It's a reminder to the church, continue to get ready because my son, Jesus Christ, is coming back very, very soon. And when I say very soon, listener, I'm not talking about another 100, 200 years, 3,000 years. I'm talking about inside probably the next three to five years, the rapture may occur. I'm not giving, setting any date, okay? And we're going to talk about in a future uh, series as to why we shouldn't date set. But it also says in the word, that he gives the knowledge of those who want to learn upon kings and queens. He gives the knowledge. So if we seek the knowledge, why would our master hide it from us? It's just like your child. Your child seeks certain knowledge. Why would you hide that knowledge from your child? He may not give us the exact day, but he did say we would know the season. Okay, we would know the season. And there is something interesting that happened in September, uh, in 2017, September 23rd, 2017. So let's go over what occurred on that date. So to start the discussion on what happened on that date, let me tell you a little story, because I love stories. <laughs> you ready, Brother Rob? Yeah, I'm ready. Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little story. <laughs> Back in, um, uh, I would say late 2016, my son, who loves outer space, he was um, maybe uh, seven years old then, loved outer space. So we bought him a telescope at the age of seven, not a fancy one, because a seven-year-old doesn't need a real fancy one, but it was nice enough where we could see Saturn. He and I went out in our backyard on the deck, patio deck. It was very dark because our telescope is not that good, and we saw Saturn, and it was absolutely amazing. Now, with the power of our telescope, it looked like a little dot, but you could see the ring, and that's how we knew it was Saturn. And wow. my little seven-year-old son <laughs> was blown away, and seeing the joy on his face made me very, very happy. But he said, Daddy! I want to see Jupiter next. And I looked it up online. I said, well, it's uh, fall now. Jupiter won't be here until the spring. So it was uh, the spring of 2017. And, it, we, and you, if you remember, Brother Rob, because we live in the New York, New Jersey area, 
we had an unusually warm winter or short winter. It was very nice that year. It didn't get too cold. I think it only snowed maybe once, a little tiny snow. Right. And we had one of those winter days where it felt like the spring, where I told my family, my wife, my son, and I, I said, let's go out and look for Jupiter because I know it's going to be in the night sky tonight. And for the first time, my son, my wife, and I saw Jupiter. And it was amazing, <laughs> an amazing experience to be able to see the king planet Jupiter, which, by the way, in second heaven represents our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Yahuwah HaMashiach. And I'll talk about that in another um, part, series, uh, part of the series here. But as soon as I got put the telescope away for the night and I was coming in the house, the Holy Spirit hit me and said, you need to look up what this means. Jupiter has great importance in what's going on in second heaven. And I said, okay. And I came into the house and we did our usual evening routine, and I totally forgot about it. And do you know, I could not get to sleep that night. The Holy Spirit was writing me, you need to <laughs> research what this means. So now I'm like, yes, Lord, because now it's like three in the morning and I can't sleep. So I said, okay. So I started researching what was going on in second heaven. And what I found out is Jupiter was located inside of Virgo, the constellation Virgo, the woman, the great, the pure woman. And it was inside her womb area. It went, it went inside Virgo in the womb area in December of um, 2016. And it stayed there for nine months inside the womb. It did a retrograde motion where it moved back and forth, but it did not come out of the womb until September 23rd, 2017. On that same day, at three in the morning, on that same day, the, crescent, the moon was at her, at her feet in the constellation, of, uh, the constellation of Virgo, a crescent moon, which represents the, um, the Jews, the Jewish okay. nation, <clears throat> clothed with the sun. The sun was over her shoulder. She had a crown on her head with 12 stars. Now, the crown was Leo. Leo has nine stars making up Leo. One of those being Regulus, which is the, if, you, if I'm not mistaken, if you combine Regulus with Mercury, that gives you the um, Bethlehem star. But I could be wrong about that. But okay. anyhow, and then the other three planets were Mercury, Mars, and Venus. Now, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Regulus, the sun, Virgo, the moon all in a straight line oh wow in a straight line that listener that brother rob was the revelation 12 sign there was a woman clothed with the sun she had the moon at her feet she was pregnant with child she had a crown on her head with 12 stars wow <laughs> 
That was the Revelation 12 sign. And listener, let me tell you something about outer space, because everybody thinks they know a lot about outer space. It's a very big place. The mathematical <laughs> precision it would take to get all those things aligned together on September 23rd, because there's a lot of people that may say, so what? It may have appeared it from the app you were using. It may have occurred before in history. It may have, it may not have, okay? And I got a feeling that the Revelation 12 sign occurred more than once. I got a feeling it occurred at some time in the Old Testament time period to mark a certain point on the calendar then. This was the second time it occurred. But even if it wasn't, the fact that it occurred on September 23rd, 2017, if you do all the calculations in the math, and I, did a, I didn't do it myself, but I looked at a lot of biblical scholars and prophets and mathematicians who did, they were all in awe. However, none of them connected the dots with what I'm going to tell you. Now, the Holy Spirit gave me this information. The Holy Spirit itself gave me this information. So I'm going to connect the dots for you as to why September 23rd was a significant date. Okay. <clears throat> to do that, you have to go and look at the, the Jewish nation. And I always tell people, if you want to know what God is doing or what direction he's going in or what we should or should not be doing, to look at the Jewish nation. Because they're, you know, if, if they're God's chosen people, and they are chosen, they are God's chosen people for a specific reason. Our Lord in heaven don't love any of us more or less than anybody else. So when I hear the Jews walk around saying, we're God's chosen people, meaning that he loved us more than anybody else, wrong, wrong, wrong. He loved us all. You're the chosen ones because you have a specific mission that God gave you. And the few Jew, Jewish people I spoke to all agreed with that. All agreed with that. But let's assume the other thing is true just so you can get through what I'm about to tell you a little easier. Okay. So, the, uh, this called a jubilee cycle, right? The Jewish jubilee cycle. So what are the Jewish jubilees? Well, the term depth jubilee has its basis in the book of, I believe it's Leviticus. And the Israelites were instructed that every half a century, there should be a reversion of, its, of the land to its original owners or to their heirs. Uh, as a general forgiveness of their debt and sins and everything else. And a man, what they call it, a manumission of bond servants, everything. So that cleansing of the land, giving back of the land is, is very important to them. And it occurs every 50 years, every 50 years. Since, since God gave them this directive, they've been doing it every 50 years, haven't missed one yet. Now, the cool thing is all the Jubilee cycles on the year that they occur, all end in a seven. 2017, 
number representing his completion and perfection. Amen. Amen. So every Jewish Jubilee, God, God has done something to celebrate and amaze his people, the Jews, the Jews. And this is what happened in 1867 in that Jubilee. There was a gentleman named Samuel Clemens who made a pilgrimage to Israel starting out in June 1867. So 1867, there were no Concorde jets. We didn't have no big uh, steamships running around like we do today that can travel on water in no time. You know, uh, well, I wouldn't say steamships. They probably had steamships back then, but they didn't have, they didn't have cruise ships. <laughs> Something that could go about 30, 40 knots, you know, like we do now. So when somebody back then made a pilgrimage, it took quite a few months. And it took uh, Samuel Clemens uh, quite a few months to make it to uh, the Holy Land. And he got there and um, entered the gates of Jerusalem on a certain date. And I'll mention what that date is in a second. And there was another gentleman who got there at the, around the same time, on the, actually the same day as Samuel Clemens. And I don't think they knew each other because the world was a much smaller place back then. He was a British officer who was a member of the Royal Engineers. So he was an engineer. Now, here's what's so interesting. Samuel Clemens, also known as Mark Twain, he's the guy who created Mark Twain, I believe, um, was a reporter. You mean that he created Huckleberry Finn? He created Huckleberry Finn, I believe, right? Okay. Thank Although you. Mark Twain probably did create Mark Twain, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think, wasn't Mark Twain a pseudonym of his? Yeah, that was his, uh, that was his, That's uh, his pen name. Nam de, yeah, de Plume. Nam, Nam de Guerre. <laughs> yeah. Nam de Guerre. Yeah, um, that, yeah that's his uh, pen name. Yep. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. <laughs> so you kind of did great that. I'll, I'll take that back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, if I'm going to tell the story, I got to tell it right, right? <laughs> but he went there to record the condition of the land and i'm not sure exactly why but he it was important to him and he went there to do so and what he reported is that the land was in total rambles it was in total disarray and something needed to be done about it for the people who you know are, are going to be living on that land and the engineer Charles Warren, who was a British officer, he went and surveyed the land, right? And he got there at the exact same time as uh, Samuel Clemens or Mark Twain. The interesting thing is every Jubilee, every Jubilee, all the Jewish people all over the world. So they got 50 years to get the word out about what they're going to talk about on the Jubilee year. So every 50th year, they all read a holy scripture as part of their celebration of the Jubilee. And that particular year, and it's kind of interesting, they call it the Sabbath scripture or what's it, uh, Parasha, I believe it's called, Parasha or Parasha, please forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it. 
the parasha foretold of two strangers that will come into their land to proclaim and prepare the land for their return. And trust me, those two gentlemen did not know about the parasha, probably, that holy scripture, and that the scripture was talking about them. But what was so amazing was this. They both entered the temple on September 23rd, 1867. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That's, you didn't that's see that alarming. one coming, did you, listener? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that one coming. Now, what's the coincidence that these two gentlemen, one foretelling, one surveying the land, it being prophesied in scripture that these men would come on the date of September 23rd, 1867, which was a jubilee year. And X amount of years later on another jubilee, September 23rd, 2017, the Revelation 12 sign would rise over Israel at, I guess their sunrise was what, eight, uh, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, which is one or two o'clock in the morning for us. And I was up at that time looking at the entire Revelation 12 sign on an app. And listener, if you don't believe me and you want to see it for yourself, I'll tell you exactly how to find it. If you go onto your electronic device and put in HTTP uh, colon backslash backslash Stellarium, S-T-E-L-L-A-R-I-U-M dot org, Stellarium dot org, and go into the date area of the Stellarium dot org, and put in September 23rd, 2017, and you had to put in the right time of the day. Maybe I, I will go with uh, 12 noon, because most of us on the planet at 12 noon would still be in a position to be able to see it. And you will see exactly, and go to Virgo, and you will see exactly what I just explained to you. There was a crescent moon at the feet of Virgo, you had Jupiter coming out of the womb at that time. And you had all these things in alignment with um, in a straight line. The sun, Mercury, Mars, Venus, and Regulus. All those in a straight line, which is almost unheard of. So here's why I think that the Revelation 12 sign occurred. Remember, God does things for many reasons. And I'm not going to even say think. This is where the Spirit has guided me. This is where the Spirit has guided me. God was telling the Jews, the Jews on the Jubilee, 
on uh, September 23rd, 2017. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Because it was shortly thereafter, that September 23rd, 1867, that they, they wind up going back to their land. And that started the domino effect, jubilee after jubilee after jubilee, of them reclaiming their land, them becoming a nation again, a lot of wonderful, great things happening for the nation of Israel. So every jubilee, God has done something significant for the Jewish nation. And what he did on September 23rd, 2017, he gave them a you know, we have in America here our 4th of July celebration and every 4th of July, our, you know, our Independence Day on July 4th, uh, 1776, we have a firework display in pretty much every, in all 50 states, they have them. And we're very proud of our Independence Day celebration. God basically did that same celebration in second heaven right over Israel. This thing rolls over Israel, this whole <laughs> procession of stars, and it was apt to see it on an app unfolding was absolutely beautiful. But God was also doing something else. What do you think he was doing, Brother Rob? Uh, that much I don't know. It's very interesting to see, you know, the story that you're telling. But uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm as interested as the, the listener. <laughs> what was he doing? He was also using it as a mile marker, if you will, because we're in the church mm -hmm. age right now. And I believe what happened is God is giving us a stern warning of the new age to come, which is going to be the messianic age. He was giving okay. us a mile marker to let us know we are very close to the end of the church age. And what's going to happen at the end of the church age? The harpazo, which is, I believe that's Greek, rapturo, Latin, rapture, where the church is going to get snatched away from this planet. And that's going to precede immediately the uh, Daniel's timeline, the Great Tribulation. We'll talk about that next time, what that is, and, and um, some stuff the leading up. Snatching the bride. Yeah, the taking away of, yeah. of his bride, the church. And I was, I, you know, I think he was letting us know to get ready because he is going to be coming soon. So I don't think yeah. he did it solely uh, as a happy birthday to the uh, Jewish nation. He also right. has a warning to the church age to keep to remind us to stay focus to stay ready to continue to be ready for our groom our lord and savior jesus christ to return for us his church well makes sense because the world pays attention to what happens and with jerusalem and israel and everything else you know even when things are peaceful that so, so it makes true. it makes you know a lot of sense and it was even a warning to Israel in a way because um, Revelation 12.1 represents the Old Testament Israel, right? In the Old Testament Israel, God referred to those people as a woman who he dressed in honor and splendor. That's out of uh, Ezekiel 16, right? And the garland or the wreath over her head with 12 stars may be symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. 
And you can go into, I believe, Genesis uh, 37, 9 through 10, where it talks about that. So in all throughout Revelation 12, the woman is repeatedly protected by God yeah, in verses 6, 14 through 16, especially um, as we approach the kingdom of God to be established on earth, which is in verse 10. So it, it, there's a lot of things going on in Revelation, in the Revelation 12, in that chapter, a whole lot of things going on. So any, any listener out there that believes in the Bible, go read through Revelation 12, uh, chapter 12. Just read, read that whole chapter and you'll see a lot of amazing things that's going to happen with God's people. Uh, on if they want to read more about the, uh, you know, September, uh, or in particular Mark Twain and, you know, everything you discussed with that, is there a certain place on the internet or on the web that uh, they should go or to get more information about that? Well, there's a, uh, Samson, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Jonathan Kahn, who's a, uh, I believe he's a, uh, he, he's Jewish and he's a great man of God. I believe he converted over to Christianity, if I'm not mistaken, but he's written several books on many different subjects. Uh, one, of, one of them is the Oracle uh, Reader, Jonathan Kahn, C-A-H-N, the Oracle and in there, it talks in great depth about uh, September 23rd, 1867, and many other things to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the clock God has us on is ticking down to zero. It's ticking down to zero. It, I, I honestly feel, Brother Rob, we're in the 11th hour and 59th minute of it ticking to, up to 12, 12 meaning um, you know, the, the tribulation period is going to start, and that means the rapture of the church has to occur. And let me mention one thing about the rapture. I'm going to go into it in, in detail in the next series or two, but there's always been a lot of discussion about pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, and post-tribulation rapture. And it's been a lot of debate with the church and Bible scholars and theologians about what's what. And, you know, I think they all are on to something there because if you really, which means they're all telling a piece of the truth. Um, the rapture occurs in different phases over different, at different timelines. The main rapture you hear of the rapture of the church, though, that's the pre-tribulation rapture. And I think a lot of theologians are getting it confused with what's going to happen in, in, the, in the middle of the tri uh, tribulation period when other saints get raptured up or out of here. Uh, that's, that's, the diff that's a different rapture, but it's part of the rapture, but it's a different rapture. When we say rapture, we're talking about the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of him who are still alive, who kept his commandments, those of Jesus Christ, will rise in the air to meet them. That rapture, that particular one, is a pre-tribulation rapture before the wrath of God occurs. And you can go into the Bible as to see why. First of all, it states, I believe it's in Ezekiel, that I did not point you to this hour and time of wrath, which means believers were not meant to be here. And I've even heard um, 
Some theologians and pastors say that, well, the believers are going to be here because remember, God helped Noah through the flood. He didn't take Noah out of the flood. He helped Noah through the flood. And my response to that is, okay, Noah did, he did help Noah survive and go through the flood. But the rapture is a different event than the great flood. It's an entirely different event. And I think they get it confused because it says in the word, as in the days of Noah, also shall be in the last days of man. So they think they get it. So they make that connection that because God helped Noah uh, through the flood, he's going to help us through the flood too. And he will, he will, but not the church, not, not the ones who kept his commandments. The one he's going to help through are those saints who didn't get raptured, who, who are going to find God again. Those are the ones who gave their life to Jesus, but backslidden into the world they're going to still be here on this planet. That's going to be the group of, group of individuals that's going to be sacrificed, beheaded for their faith and belief in God by the beast system and the beast nation that's going to be ruled by the Antichrist. That's going to be those saints. He's going to help a lot of them through that. He's going to help the Jewish nation through that time period. So yeah, there are some who are going to benefit just like Noah and his family benefited. But the church itself is not going to be here. And it's very simple to understand why. And one of the things that the DBSG does, we use science and psychology to show how much sense the word makes. It only makes good sense. When you can apply logic and it makes absolutely good sense, then it has to be true. That's Occam's razor, right? I'll give you a definition, a weak definition of Occam's razor. So for the beast system, so Satan is going to get kicked out of second heaven. That's in the Bible. Go look it up. Second heaven is outer space. He's not in third heaven. There's nothing evil up there where God is at. So heaven, heaven, where God is at, there's nothing evil that's there. So Satan is going to get kicked out of second heaven by Michael onto this earth. When he hits this earth, He's going to start his campaign. It says for a short time period. That short time period is going to last almost seven years, but for a short time period, he's going to start his campaign and take charge of the earth. He cannot do that. I want you to listen up, listener. Satan cannot take full reign over this earth because of the great restrainer. Right now, the great restrainer is keeping Satan from wrecking havoc on this earth. That's why we have good and we have bad. We have the Lord and the Holy Spirit here, but we also have Satan here doing evil things. He can't take full control right now because of the great restrainer. Well, who is the great restrainer? The Holy Spirit inside of us, the church, the believers. So how can Satan, if there's one saint, one saint, on this planet with the Holy Ghost in him, Satan and all his army cannot take 100% rule over this planet. It only takes one. Do you think we serve a weak, flaccid God? God doesn't need numbers to be strong. It says a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. A mustard seed is a very small thing. If you ever seen a mustard seed, you would, you would almost miss it. 
<laughs> so if that one mustard seed of faith is inside one person, Satan will be shut down. I'm telling you that. So when people say, oh, the church is not going to get raptured out of here, the believers, the saints who kept God's commandment, they're going to be stuck here on the planet and have to go through the tribulation. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. So we'll talk about that more in uh, uh, one, of our, one of our other two uh, part of the lecture. Um, maybe next week, right? Yeah, maybe I'll do that one next week. Well, you know, but... it's your call, Brother Fred. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been great, uh, you know, listening to, you know, the first part of this so far and just getting the foundation of what it is that is the significance of the Revelation 12 sign and how we can apply it, you know, to our lives and ourselves in terms of uh, prepping our souls for that time to come. Well, there is one, one other thing I wanted to bring up about 2017. Mm -hmm. Not only was it a uh, jubilee year for the Jewish nation, that was also the year that God lifted the veil of ignorance off of man. You don't know how many believers I ran into, Brother Rob, whose knowledge was increased and it talks about that in the Bible. At a certain time when the knowledge of man becomes increased, not with worldly things, but with godly things. Because I knew, I mean, I knew a lot of the things I was telling you listeners tonight, but what God did in 2017 when he lifted the veil of ignorance, not, not, not only out of, off my eyes, but a lot of other saints' eyes, we are now able to connect the dots. You can study the Bible backwards, forwards, up, down, and you may not entirely glean everything out of any scripture. What God did in 2017, in the spring of 2017, he lifted the, totally lifted the veil off of our eyes so that we sevenfold now can go out and spread the good news. Jesus said it himself, go ye into all the nations and preach the gospel. The Holy Ghost in 2017 turned up the volume so that we can get more of God inside of us to see certain things. Prophets are pro being more prophetic. Believers are coming out of the woodwork with some of the things they've seen, dreams and visions and just some amazing things occurring all around us. And if you are a believer, a true believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you're not a believer and you want to get to know the true power of God, you may think you're powerful, Okay, but what's going to happen to you if you die right now? Are you going to go to heaven and be with the Lord in third heaven and be part of his plan? Do you think God doesn't exist, but yet he created, he put in a movement into space of planets and stars moving around in a concert to where they're all aligned in a straight line on a specific date? Do you honestly feel that happened just on coincidence? We serve an awesome and powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent God. 
Why not get to know him and find out what he wants from you? He showed me what he wanted from me that year. And I've been on a tear of learning and spreading his good news ever since. So has Brother Rob. So has others. I've, I've seen so many YouTube videos, pastors talking, meeting in person, having meetings with some outstanding, amazing theologians. And it's been, to me, this has been one of the most amazing times in my life, and I'm 55 years old, to be a child of God. This has been the most amazing time period because the, the world, even the world knows something's not right. And in the next two lessons, I'm going to go into how we know, even the non-believers, that something is not right and there's something going on. And that something that's going on is first heaven and second heaven are paying homage and respect to the fact that our time is nigh. The time is nigh. The return of Christ is very near. Whether you believe that or not, it's still occurring. And I'm going to give you more ammunition and more reason to believe in the next two lessons. So please, please, please um, listen to the DBSG. You can find us on a plethora of, um, what, what would you call it, Brother Rob? Platforms. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Platforms. The main one being Podbean. You can find links for us on Twitter. Um, there, there's about six or seven of them that we're on. So most and of the, what's the name of the uh, community on Facebook where they can find us? A community page? I haven't, you know, I haven't created one yet. Sorry, I'm, well, I'm talking about the Facebook page that, that's created for DBSG. The Facebook page? Yes, the DSB. DBSG? Yes. Uh, in other words, a social group? Yes. I haven't created well, there's a, there's a There's a page on Facebook for it. But it's a page. page. Okay. But, but it's you have to disciple, like discipleship uh, Bible study group. Discipleship Bible study group. And it'll be on YouTube. We're going to put it okay. out on YouTube as well. So look up discipleship Bible study group on YouTube. And just, you know, if you want to know the Lord, get on your knees and give your life to Jesus. All it takes is a, is a simple communication. Just admit you are a sinful creature. You cannot do life without him anymore. You are the air. He is the air that makes you breathe. He's the strength in your bones. He's your reason for existence. You know he gave you the gift of life. You know that he came here, his son as a man, and died for your sins so that you didn't have to die yourself, your own death, had to pay the price for your own death. And those that walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. That, out of Psalms, is for believers, which means we don't die a physical death, listener. Those of you who are not saved, when you die and you don't know Jesus, if he's not your Lord and Savior, you're going to feel every bit of the agony and despair and fear of your death. If it's painful, you're going to feel all the pain. It's going to be a very horrible experience for the life that you led, and it's going to continue on thereafter with you being in the lake fire of hell. So why take that risk? Why not get to know the Lord 
and have him as your Lord and Savior. And trust me, when he does, there's a saying that you never know that God has been good to you until he's been good to you. But he's good to us every day, all the time. We just have our blinders on like the horse that's in the field. Remember that old stupid horse? You don't want the horse to wander off, so they put the blinders on so he can't see left or see right, so he'll always walk straight. That's man without Jesus. When he takes those blinders off, you see the world entirely different. Brother Rob and I, we're not afraid of our physical deaths. I, I, I want mine to come. If the rapture don't occur before it's time for me to give up my physical body, so be it. Because I'm not going to be here when my body is dying. <laughs> so I want to be in heaven. That's what the Lord promised us. So if you want that same promise, and that's your birthright, listener. That's your birthright. You came from Jesus. He wants you to go back to him at the end of your life cycle. And don't think you're going to live to be 80 years old. There's kids who are dying at the age of 12. There's babies who are dying. Not everybody lives to be a wise old person. If you're wise when you're old, a lot of people aren't even that. And what's that saying, Brother Rob? Ain't no fool like an old fool. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. Amen. So with that being said, uh, let's say a prayer and uh, close out for tonight. Uh -huh. our, our Heavenly Father, uh, we want to thank you for blessing us with your son uh, who came on this planet and lived here as a man and died for our sins. We want to give great thanks and, um, and, and just, just say thank you, Father God. We don't say that enough. Every day we should hit our, our feet before our feet hit the ground. We should open our eyes and say thank you, 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 thank you. Because you did not have to let us even wake up this morning. You did not let us have to let us have air in our lungs. We could have gotten out of bed and both of our legs, arches could have fell. We would have been laying on the floor. We could have had a heart attack, a stroke, died on our way at work in a horrible car accident. We never know, Father God, when our turn is up. So every second, every breath that we take, Father God, every breath, that is your way of telling us, I love you, my child, so much that every time you breathe in, you get the breath of life that I have given you into your lungs, into your body to keep you alive. So let's give thanks for that gift, Father God, to you by living for you. So thank you for being that constant reminder. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit onto this planet to constantly be that great judge and remind us when we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And we pray, Father God, that we continue to spread the good news. Give us the strength of egos to soar upon your wind, Father God, your word. And we ask all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. Amen. And that will be our show for today. Thank you again, Brother Fred, for that lesson. And stay tuned next week for part two of the Revelation 12 song. Bye-bye.